Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Praise God. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to go just for a moment over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. And we're also preparing our hearts for Yom Kippur, which is coming up on Wednesday, just a few days away. Now, Hebrews 2, verse 4. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Praise the Lord. Now, this bearing witness is bearing witness to the validity of Jesus as God's son. And this witness also is to the gospel, the truth of the gospel. And in a certain portion, these signs, wonders, and even miracles also would, when you read it in context, would also even touch the area of the angelic ministry under the command of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. My friends, I want you to know that we do serve a living God who today still does miracles, signs, and wonders. Now we're going to receive the tithes, which is 10% of all of our increase that belongs to the Lord. We're going to honor the Lord and bring the tithe into the storehouse of God. And at the same time, I want you to continue to prepare your heart and also to sow your best Yom Kippur seed. Now, the Lord instructed me that for this Yom Kippur that we are to sow a debt freedom seed, and God wants you to believe Him to, that He will work on your behalf to bring you out of debt. Praise God. The reason I've read this scripture is I want you to understand that if you are to look at your debts numerically on paper, and you are to look at your, your regular income, you might be able to tabulate that you can get the debts paid off, but maybe it'll take 20 years, maybe 30 years, maybe you have a home mortgage, maybe you have a business mortgage or whatever it might be. And then there's other types of debts that you could have, etc. I want you to know that my friends, that when you sow your special Yom Kippur offering, that God wants to do miracles to bring you out of debt, where God can bless you in ways that you never even expected, and you just get those debts paid off, paid off, paid off, paid off, and all gone out of your life. Praise the Lord Jesus. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what you would sow. I want you to get your Yom Kippur offering in by October the 5th. That's Wednesday. And so we have a few more days. If you want to bring it in on the 5th, that's fine. But if you want to get it in before then, as well as many are doing, uh, I just want you to do your best to get that special offering in because I believe God's going to do his part. He instructed me to share this with you. As we know, Yom Kippur, ever since its divine institution, has been associated with forgiveness of sins, the, uh, the atoning of sins, and the, the release of debt. Praise God. So we thank God that there is deliverance. There's a way out. And so what I'm saying is that I'm believing with you, and I want you to be using your faith that God is going to expedite 
your debt freedom process. In other words, it's not going to take 30 years. It's going to go quick. God's going to do his part. You're going to do your part of walking in wise wisdom stewardship financially, and you're, you're going to see God move on your behalf. Now, ask the Holy Spirit what seed you should sow. And that's all you have to do is do that and obey. Praise the Lord. Just ask him. He will speak to you and show you what you are to do. Glory to God. But you have to be obedient. You have to be obedient. You have to do what God would instruct you to do. And then I want you to use your faith that God is bringing you in an expedited way out of debt through miracles, signs, and wonders. Praise God. God wants you to be free so that you can serve him in the most effective way possible. Now your sowing of your Yom Kippur offering is going towards the paying off of the remaining balance that we have on the loan for the field of dreams, the 14.5 acres that we purchased. And that beautiful property is where the ministry headquarters is going to be established. The TV studio will be built there, but we want the remaining balance on that land paid off. God wants it paid off. So as you're sowing your seed, I'm believing for God to do a miracle in your life and bring you completely, absolutely out of debt. Praise God. Now let's also uh, make sure that we continue to walk in the commandments of the Lord and let's keep honoring the Lord with the tithe. Okay. So there's a difference between the tithe and the offering. The offering is above the tithe. So let's also be faithful with our tithing and let's honor the Lord with a special Yom Kippur offering. Praise God. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, I'm praying for your people. I thank you, O God, that you are a God who's alive. You have a mouth, you have a voice, and you speak by your Holy Spirit. I thank you for speaking to your people, those that have not yet sowed their seed, that they will do exactly what you would instruct them to do. I thank you, Father, for bringing your people completely out of every form of financial debt. All bills paid, all debts paid off. And Father, we give you all of the praise and the glory for the ever uh, increasing expansion of your kingdom and for allowing us to be a part of that. In Jesus' name we pray. And around the world we say, Amen. Praise God. Now, for those of you that want to mail in your tithes and your special Yom Kippur offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654 is the zip code. Now, if you want to bring your tithes and your offering in online, you can do so. Go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that has a red heart, and it says give. You can click on that and bring your tithe in right there. For the special Yom Kippur offering, you, you have a couple of ways you could do it. There's a slider. Uh, it's the first thing you'll see on the website. It says Yom Kippur offering. You can click that. It'll take you right to the link. Or if you want to click on the orange banner that says projects and click it, a little tab will drop down and you could select Yom Kippur debt freedom offering. Praise God. Amen. Thank you to everyone who has been sowing. I'm praying over every Yom Kippur offering that's coming in. I believe the Holy Spirit is really moving strongly in this area to bring you into financial freedom and liberty with no debt. Praise God. 
Glory, glory to God. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your heart towards this ministry. Amen. Father, bless your people. I thank you for your great increase in their finances and debt freedom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, by the way, I will be praying a special prayer on Yom Kippur, October the 5th, uh, just speaking over and praying over everyone's giving, special offerings. It'll be a powerful time. Amen. Look for that uh, in the coming message. Now, today, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. I want to share some things with you today about the Holy Spirit. I've titled today's message, Investing in the Holy Spirit. And I think that uh, when you see the potential that lies in this, that you're going to want to get to know the Holy Spirit a whole lot better. You know, when I was raised as a young boy in church, um, there was very little teaching on the Holy Spirit. Uh, there was a pretty good understanding of God the Father. Yes, we all loved Jesus, His Son, who died on the cross for our sins. But when it came to the Holy Spirit, uh, to most of us, He was a great mystery. Even to the pastor and the elders and those that would teach the Bible classes for the young people, um, it just seemed to be a great puzzlement concerning the Holy Spirit. Almost like maybe He was just, I actually heard one of the Bible teachers say that, well, maybe He's just like a cloud or like a vapor or something like that. We want to cover some of those things and dig into the truth and the spell myths in today's message. John chapter 3, let's pray. Father, as we jump into today's message, let the anointing of your Holy Spirit bring the words of Jesus to life, bring the words in the Bible to life today. Thank you, Father God. And we thank you that we are investors in the Holy Spirit, and we welcome Him to move in greater measures in our, in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Now we're going over to the Gospel of John, John chapter 3. Let's begin this morning in verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That, now this is important. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Both of them, the flesh and the Spirit, are on two completely opposite frequencies. And if you're walking in the flesh, you cannot um, connect or tune in to that spiritual frequency. So we're going to see these things more clearly today. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So who is everyone who is born of the Spirit? Now, Understand that at salvation, the, the new birth, the born-again experience, you do receive the Holy Spirit, but you receive Him in a measure. But yes, any born-again person is saved, of course, and the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of them. But He's living on the inside in a measure. But there is a distinct experience 
that's different from the initial salvation experience. It, this experience comes after salvation, and this is known as the baptism or the immersion in the Holy Spirit, which, as we see in the Word of God, has an evidence that goes along with it, which is speaking in tongues. Because when a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit, you may wonder, well, how do, how do we know they're filled with the Spirit? They, they still look the same. The, it doesn't look like anything's changed. So what is the evidence that would be a sign to us that a person has been filled with the Holy Spirit? And we do see in Scripture that that evidence is speaking in other tongues. Concerning uh, tongues, let's go over to one of the most famous uh, areas of tongues, which would be Acts chapter 2. And let's go down directly to verse 4 today. I see you as being a wise investor, investing in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says, and they were all filled. Now notice it, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know? Well, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, it says that they were filled and they began to speak. Did you ever notice that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues? <laughs> he doesn't need to. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it is true. We need to. He doesn't need to. So the Holy Spirit, He doesn't do the speaking in tongues, but of course, He does give us the utterance. He gives us the utterance, but He, when it comes to the speaking, He's hands off. That's our responsibility. You and I must do the speaking. And here's the truth of it. If you have hands laid on you and you, uh, you, you receive prayer, and not, not that you need somebody to do it, but there are those who have a ministry in the area of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm one of those ministers. My wife and I have gotten hundreds and hundreds of people filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's probably a lot more than that because that's the ministry I have. And I, I, I can go to churches. I've had churches where sometimes half, literally half of the congregation has come forward when I invite them to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And my wife and I have a ministry of getting people filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But in this area of speaking in tongues, when you are, uh, you know, prayed over and, you know, you, you know it's, you, you're ready to go, well, the, it's still not going to come out, even though the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance unless you speak it out. The Holy Spirit... Just to make clear, it's never going to grab your tongue and yank it uh, one inch out of your mouth and make you start talking. He's never going to grab your jaws and make them start going up and down for you. All of that you have to do on your own. He will give you the utterance. So to speak, it requires what? It requires faith. So you receive salvation how? By faith. It's the grace of God. It's a gift, but you're going to take it by faith. And so that's how you got born again, by grace through faith. How do you get anything else in the kingdom of God? Same way, by God's grace through faith. But you have to use your faith to take it. So if I pray for you to receive it, or if, if you're just alone in your house and you've got enough scripture now to build that 
foundation, that base to now pray that prayer, then you can receive right where you're at. And the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance, but it will never come out until you open your mouth and speak. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when you begin to speak it out, just let it flow. Amen. Let it, let it flow. Glory to God. And it may come out a little slow when you first start, but let it go. And it'll turn into, as Jesus said, rivers flowing out of your belly. Praise God. Now we're in the book of Acts. We're close by this. Let's drop by uh, Acts chapter 10. Mm-mm. Acts chapter 10. And we're dropping down now to verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Now that has happened to me several times. Uh, not, it's not often, but there have been times where I've ministered in certain meetings and I can't make this happen. I can't plan it to happen. This, this is, uh, this is a sovereign thing of God, but there have been times where I'm just teaching along. I've got my notes, got my Bible. I've prayed and I'm ready to minister the word to people. And right in the middle of my message, the Holy spirit has fallen on every single person in the meeting. And when that happens, <laughs> you can keep talking, but it's not like really anybody's listening because at, at a moment like that, that's a God moment. And usually when that happens, you have a lot of different dynamics that suddenly begin to break out as God begins to move. And so when that happens, you just step back and you let the Holy Spirit do his thing until that lifts. And then you can move back into a place to uh, wrap up or close out or whatever needs to be done. But I, I, I had the Holy Spirit fall one time in a meeting where I was speaking and the person over here instantly fell to the ground and been, began weeping. And the person right over here instantly put their hands up and began laughing uncontrollably. People began to scream over here. People began to uh, wail and cry and fall out over here. It was like, it was like Holy Spirit pandemonium, but it was beautiful. Praise God. And by the way, the reason, like for example, for the person over here weeping, they were touched by God's power and that closeness melted their heart. So they're weeping in joy out of God's love. People in the back are weeping because they're being delivered. The person on the front is laughing because they're getting touched with the joy of the Lord. So everybody, hundreds of people were having their own encounter with God. And that is exactly what happened here with Peter while he was even speaking, he's still speaking and the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So they heard them speak with tongues. Praise God. Again, the Holy Spirit won't grab your jaw and start moving it for you. You have to speak out the words. He will give you the utterance, but by faith, open your mouth and let it fly. Praise God. Start speaking it. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit will never make you do anything. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's not true. God can do anything. God, God, God can do whatever he wants. Hmm. Uh, you have to be real careful with that because the Holy Spirit will never force a human. Remember, we are made in the image of God. He'll never force anybody to do anything. He will never force anybody to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, now, Pastor Steve, I don't know about that. Well, look, if God could force humans to do what he wanted, he would force everybody to get saved today. I mean, the Bible says today is the day of salvation, right? 
Well, how come God doesn't just force everybody to receive Christ? Uh, because it doesn't work like that. We have to choose. We have to desire. We have to want it. And then even if you do want it, you still have to reach and take it. And it takes faith to do that. So just take the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Take the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is a distinctively different gift than that of salvation. But take that infilling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Now, let me say something. I've, I was meditating on this. This area of guidance with the Holy Spirit is something that we really need to talk some about today. Um, as a matter of fact, when it comes to the area of divine guidance, there is a far greater measure of guidance that is available to those who are filled with the Spirit and who have gotten what we call their prayer language. In other words, you have the ability now to pray in tongues because you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so when that happens, yeah, it's like you have a lot more horsepower. It's like suddenly you have an ability now to be much clearer and um, keener and sharper in this area of divine guidance. Why? Because you've gotten a greater measure, and that measure comes through a uh, greater release of the Holy Spirit in your life. But this, this is where I want to take this direction, though. Not so much about guidance, but rather what I want to say is that, that just because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we do celebrate that biblical truth, but just because we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to know that unless we continually pray in tongues daily, we can still be unable to pick up on this extra measure of the Spirit to discern guidance. See, uh, what Pentecostals have done in the past is with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with an understanding of spiritual gifts and authority and things like that, we have seen displays of God's power. But here's what will happen. You can't, you can't write on history. You can't say where this is a Pentecostal legacy and it's just something that we automatically inherit. If you're not praying in the spirit, if you're not praying regularly and speaking in tongues regularly, then even though you once had that experience of being filled with the spirit, and speaking in tongues. But now if you back off of it, you will revert to what I would call a state of normalcy, just like a normal Christian who's never had that experience, when it comes to picking up divine guidance. Woo! So you can't say, well, I'm Pentecostal. We hear from God. Well, that's great that you're Pentecostal, but if you're not praying in the Spirit, and you're not walking close to God, your prayer life is not strong, uh, that's, you know, like in other words, like if you go to church on Sunday and you're Pentecostal and because it's a Pentecostal church, maybe you speak in tongues on Sunday. Uh, that's great. But when it comes to really connecting with God's path for your life, you're going to have a real hard time unless you are praying in the spirit regularly and you're taking, I'm, I'm talking about daily. Woo. Praise God. So this is an area that we want to build up and get really strong in. Let's talk more today about investing in the Holy Spirit by going to one of the classic chapters about the Holy Spirit, which is John chapter 16. Praise the Lord. We're heading over to John 
Chapter 16, let's drop down and find, let's find verse 5 today. This is Jesus speaking. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. Now the word in the Greek there is a word that's called paraclete. And here's the challenge with English translation, uh, translations. The word paraclete has such depth to it that you could literally use seven, uh, uh, at least seven different words, actually probably more, but you could use at least seven different words and they're all accurate. <laughs> they all fit because of how powerful this word is. But here it says, uh, for I do, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now this helper or this paraclete is the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Sometimes this is translated as advocate. That's a good definition as well. Or sometimes comforter. I like that one because of personal experiences I've had with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this. I, I have had several supernatural experiences of being touched by angels. I've had two experiences of being touched in a way like a hug by an angel. But I have been held and hugged twice by the Holy Spirit. And it was absolutely unforgettable because he took a hold of me at two times when um, there were things going on that were creating pressure and tension. You know how the world can put circumstances against you, challenging situations. And um, on those two particular days, they were spaced a few years apart. But when it happened, right in the midst of that difficult time, the Holy Spirit just manifested and embraced me. And it was very unusual because if an angel touches you, it's from, they're on the outside and they touch you or they could hug you, but it's all, it's from the outside. Okay. So with the Holy Spirit, it's like he just came up from the inside of me and just surrounded me in a, like a God hug, but I could literally feel his hold <laughs> on me. And I sat there and uh, the scripture came to my mind, comfort ye, oh, comfort my people. And I, I just, and the glory of the Lord went all over me. And every, every bit of tension, or we would say anxiety, melted away. And of course, I was resisting those things with faith. But it's like the enemy was just pushing it and pressing it and pushing it. And the Holy Spirit came in and just held me. And it just... Um, it kept me going. It infused strength into me. As a matter of fact, this word uh, paraclete in the Greek can also be translated strengthener. But I really like, I really like the word comforter because I've per, I have personally encountered the Holy Spirit as my comforter. You know, I, I don't want you to picture the third person of the Godhead deity as a, a, a mist or a fog or vapor. He is, he is a person. He is a person, and 
He has the ability to represent himself through imagery of strength or comfort, but his primary form is, is of that of a man, but he's not a man. He is God. Now, Jesus became a man with real flesh, blood, you know, bones and all of that. So he is God who became man, but the Holy Spirit, he's not a fog or a mist. He has, he has a face. That's what I want to get across to you. He is a person and he has arms. He has hands. I mean, he held me with his arms and hands. <laughs> so uh, we really need to invest in knowing the Holy Spirit more. Now, this word paraclete sometimes is also translated as counselor. Glory to God. Counselor. This is very, very important because I have seen Christians go to various sources of counseling outside of the Word of God, outside of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes you try to, you try to help them that they won't receive your counsel. Really what's going on in cases like that is, is that they're trying to continue in something that God doesn't want them to do. Maybe it's a sin, and they want a voice to counsel them and justify their behavior or actions. But if you're not going to give them that, which is what their flesh wants, then they run off maybe to a secular psychiatrist, or maybe they run off to, uh, uh, you know, somebody who will give them that counsel that tickles their ears and makes their flesh happy. But I, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit can speak to you because He's on the inside of you, and He's always there with you. He is the counselor, praise God. And many of the questions, maybe even, uh, I, you could almost call them like disturbing type questions were things you really need to know. Well, he will tell you, but you have to spend time with him so that you can get on the frequency of hearing him speak to your heart. But he's on the inside of you and he's there all the time. So we have to tap into this reality of the Holy Spirit who is always with us as being our counselor. Because He will talk with you about anything. But we have to bring it up. We have to ask Him about it. And it is fascinating, His ability to counsel us. Praise God. Now, the Greek word paraclete, translated here as helper, uh, sometimes, again, is the, the word used is advocate. And that would refer to someone who is called to come along someone else's side. And in the ancient Greek culture, a, a paraclete would be like an attorney to a very wealthy family. And that, that attorney or that paraclete comes along your side. He would stand on the right-hand side, and he would offer counsel. He would advocate on your behalf. He would stand up for you. He would do anything to support you counsel you, comfort you, strengthen you, whatever is needed to keep you moving forward. Praise God. Now, verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit he will guide you. Now, that's very, very important. And because he's on the inside of you, this is therefore what? Internal guidance. So you have 
an internal guidance system on the inside of you, God himself living on the inside of you. And it can sense like sometimes like he's on the right hand of you walking next to you. That can also be a very real experience. And that actually lines up with the original meaning uh, of what the early advocate was in the Greek culture. Praise God. So he is the spirit of truth and he leads you into what? Into truth. Now there are many spirits out there that can offer counsel that could advocate for you, but they are backed by a spirit of error. And if you go to, let's say a psychic, a soothsayer, or, or even a witch, and you're wanting counsel, you maybe you feel a blockage in an area of your life and you go to what the Bible strictly forbids you to go to, but you go anyhow. By the way, why do people do that? Why do even some naive Christians do that? Why do sinners go to a palm reader or, uh, or these types of psychic type people? Why do they go there? Because they are acknowledging that that person who could be a witch or a warlock or whatever person might be, they're acknowledging that they have a connection with the supernatural and that they themselves don't. So they don't have a connection with the supernatural. So therefore they can't hear supernatural guidance. So they're going to someone who can provide for them supernatural guidance. But if it comes from that source, it will be muddied. It will have the spirit of error and it will actually take you in the wrong direction of life, even though it's supernatural. Wow. See, let's say you're, you're a person, you have a, you have a love for music and you, you kind of like music, you know, maybe, maybe you're even good at the piano or whatever it might be. Uh, and you go to, you go to a witch and the witch begins to minister, uh, you know, to you with a supernatural insight. But what's going on is she's connecting, she's yielding herself to a familiar spirit. And that familiar spirit knows things about you, about your genealogy, and knows what you like, knows what you don't like. And that familiar spirit is passing information to her. So she could say, oh, mm, I see that your destiny involves music. And you say, oh, yes, I love music. And she says, oh, I can see that you're, you're, you, are, you, you play the piano. And you go, oh, oh, yes, that's it, that's it. And then she... Uh, you know, drops a big one on you and says, well, your, your piano music is going, you're going to also write music and your music is going to change the world and usher in global peace. Oh, oh. And the next thing you know, you've gone, uh, you know, full steam ahead into a direction that is a false direction. And um, it's only going to lead to disillusionment, disappointment. And I tell you, these things are the spirit of error. Anytime the Bible says, don't do this, stay away from it, stay clearly away from it. There's a reason for that. You're walking into the devil's turf and on that turf is destruction. And the, the allurement is deception such as the supernatural, but let's go with le the legitimate and the real, and let's follow the guidance of the Holy spirit. Why? He is the spirit of truth. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. And we love truth and we hate lies. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And again, this inner guidance. Now look at this in 2 Corinthians. Inner guidance. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I really like this verse. We're going to go now to verse 16. 
This would be the Apostle Paul teaching. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man, the outward man, right? Okay, is doing what? Is perishing. Now, I know somebody's probably watching. You're 18 years old. Maybe you're 22 years old. You're in the prime of life. And uh, you can um, do this. You can do that. You can leap over tall buildings and all of that. But if you keep going, you're going to eventually end up like Methuselah, 969 years old, and you're not 22 anymore. Okay? So we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet, now this is where the focus should be, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And I'll tell you what, that inward renewal, it does affect the outer, praise God, mm -mm -mm, in a very, very positive way. Thank you, Jesus. So the Holy Spirit lives in you, in your inward man. Yes, your inward man is the full expression of who you really are. What does he look like, Pastor Stephen? He looks just like you, okay? So this is the house that we live in right now. Uh, one day, when the Lord comes back and we go to be with the Lord, we will get the glorified bodies that we are promised. But it's your same body, okay? But it's just, it's just, it's immortalized. Wow, what a word, right? <laughs> and uh, it's strengthened and it's, it's uh, upped to the ultimate, <laughs> but it's still going to be your same body, okay? But uh, you, will be, you will be coming into the fullness. Uh, I mean, right now, if we want to go into outer, outer space, we got to take rockets, and you got to have a space suit because you have all the space radiation. It gets real cold up there, and then it gets real hot over on the other side. And so, wow, there's so many limitations right now. You won't have any of those in the future age in which we're going. And by the way, we're not very far away from any of this. Glory to God. I'm excited about eternity. The truth is a great understatement concerning this. The best is yet to come. Woo! The best is yet to come. Mm -mm. But you are a spirit. That's your inward man. Inward, okay? That's your inward man, your spirit. You have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live where? In your body. Praise the Lord. So, the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in your inward man. So it's an inner witness with your inner man. <clears throat> wow. So it's not an external witness. It's an inner witness. And that's how you pick up on that guidance. And you, you're able to know what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Praise God. Well, this will help us also in this area. Let's... Let's go to Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28, verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. So we see foreshadowing of what would become, as we know it, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. So there is a rest and a refreshing that is directly associated with speaking in 
other tongues. Now we know it edifies us and builds us up on the inside. It brings strength, praise God, but it also produces what we would call like a spa-like effect upon our emotions. And even if circumstances have not yet changed, that we're believing God to change and we're praying about and using our faith concerning, yet even in the midst, you get this like sealant, this coating over your exterior of it's like an invisible hardened resin of light that protects you from all that crazy stuff out there. I mean, you can't even walk through the airport today without hearing the most profane, vulgar words now spoken out loud in public <laughs> by all kinds of people. You know, the, 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 the few really rare profane words that you would hardly ever hear in public, they're just spoken everywhere in public now. So there's filth everywhere. There's, there's coarse language, there's crudeness, and there's, there's just horrible things that you could see or hear. There's all kinds of garbage all over the place. You know, I'm talking about sin. But you have this barrier of protection. And my friends, you can be in a place of rest, and you can be in a place of refreshing, even with uh, this very, very awful frequency of pollution and sin that's in the world. What's going on? You are on a totally different frequency. You are on the frequency. See, look, look, when you go to a spa, ladies, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You want to get your nails done, you get the manicure, the pedicure, and you want to get the nice treatment. You don't want acid rock music playing in the background. You want something nice, beautiful classical music, or some type of soothing, uh, nice music. What is that? That is a different frequency from the garbage uh, of the person that wants to bang their head on the wall, okay? So the frequency that's out there in the world is of chaos and confusion. You know what radio channel that is? That's the, the demonic channel. That's what it is. Demons don't have peace. They already know where they're going. They already know that they lost when Jesus Christ was resurrected and raised from the dead. They know it's game over for them. And they are anxious about it, stressed about it, worried about it, in fear and in torment about it every single minute of every single day and night. And their time is running out. It is a high anxiety realm that they're in. And they try to express that realm and push that uh, environment into the earth realm where people are scattered and confused and stressed and chaotic. No, no, you're not part of that frequency. You're on the Holy Spirit spa frequency, relaxed, trusting God in faith, in peace, and in joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And we're going to live with Jesus in heaven for all eternity. Yes. And if you want to come back to the earth and visit anytime you want to, you can. Amen. And any other place in the universe for that matter that you may want to go and explore, you will be able to do that. Amen. So you want to step into that rest and refreshing uh, that, that also really uh, it heightens that ability to pick up on guidance, to pick up on the voice and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go over the first Corinthians chapter 14. We know that this is a big chapter on the subject of tongues. I want us to look at one verse, and this is verse two. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. 
for no one understands him. And as a matter of fact, you, you don't even understand what you're praying unless you interpret by the Holy Spirit what you are uttering in tongues. Now, you don't always need to ask God for the interpretation, but sometimes you may want to know, particularly if, if you have been praying in tongues for a lengthy period of time. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. See, it's not on a mental frequency. Now, you know it's not on a physical frequency, okay? Because in the natural realm, if we hear somebody, uh, if I hear somebody speak in German, I don't know what they're saying unless I have a, uh, you know, like a, so somebody that can translate for them. So it's not something physical with the ears. It's not something mental either, or else that we could at least get a translator. Now we can finally figure it out. But that's not what it is either. This is something uh, more complicated, way beyond even hieroglyphics. And, you know, without the Rosetta Stone, uh, who knows if they ever would have deciphered what the Egyptians wrote thousands of years ago. They finally got a code breaker uh, through that stone and were able to decipher and figure it out. But in the spirit realm, uh, the, the code is just, uh, it's locked. And only by the Holy Spirit can you understand what is being communicated. But, uh, uh, but uh, the person who's praying or speaking in tongues does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. That can also be translated as divine signals. Praise God. But these are mysteries these are divine signals that we must speak out and pray out in tongues. And the truth is, it's up to you and I to decide on an individual basis how much of the Holy Spirit concerning this type of stuff that we want to invest in. Mm -mm. Now, there are correlations between tongues and revelation between tongues and healing, between tongues and miracles and tongues and breakthroughs. You can't just look at the Apostle Paul and say, well, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament because he was lucky. <laughs> no. <laughs> Paul said to the church in Corinth, I, sp I speak in tongues more than you all. So there is, a, there is a connection between tongues and picking up on divine guidance, a, question, a, 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 a connection between speaking and praying in the spirit or speaking in tongues and also getting understanding where you can understand the things of God. That's why Paul could write the book of Romans because he understood the impact of the law. He understood what Christ accomplished at Calvary, which if you just read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you still can't get the picture really of what all was accomplished here. That's why Paul wrote what we call the epistles because that unpacks what Jesus purchased for us and what he actually accomplished while he hung there suspended between uh, sky and, and ground hanging on that cross. Woo! Glory to God. Wow. Well, we want to come into every benefit that he has purchased for us, but you get into that through understanding. Mm. So Paul was out in the Arabian desert for years and years as the Holy Spirit gave him downloads and gave him revelation and insight. And Paul is praying, but he's also praying in the spirit. He's praying in his native tongue and also in tongues of the Holy Spirit tongues to unwrap these divine secrets, these mysteries. Praise the Lord.
Again, it's up to you and I to decide how much of the Holy Spirit we want to invest in concerning areas like this. We must take our responsibility to pray out God's perfect plan for our life. Amen. But that praying it out, it's, it's something that's up to you and I. It's not up to God. Okay. He gives us free will, sovereign choice that we get to make. And so we can respond to this tremendous potential laid before us, uh, you know, the balls in our court, as we would say, praise the Lord, glory to God. Let me say this. If you have a business, if you have a ministry and it's small, then a lot of the times the reason it stays either stagnant or small and doesn't grow and reach further and further is because a small demand is being placed on your potential. Wow. Hmm. And by the way, that's not God's fault. <laughs> it's not God's fault. And you know, when I grew up, my father tried several different businesses and you know, he had a full-time job and he would save up some money and then he would try on the side to start these businesses. And he started three or four of them that I clearly remember. And each one, he put all the money into it. And then he would try to make it work and make it happen. And it just never, it never took off. And he was very discouraged because of that. And he uh, just pulled back and gave, gave up on ever the idea of him having his own business and took what we would call a good career type job. Mm. Because of those experiences, my father formed a mentality and even formed, now watch this, what I would call a doctrine. But here's what you have to be very, very careful with. Your doctrine, your biblical beliefs must be founded on the word, not your failed experiences. Wow. And that's what a lot of people do. Maybe if there's a tragedy and they don't understand it and, and they got walloped and the enemy really got, got in there and took it, gave a big hit. Then sometimes they form doctrines about, about that. Now they have biblical views that are formed, not out of the word, out of that accident or that tragedy or that wreck or crash or whatever it might be. And so my father formed some opinions some, uh, and he, he held on to them like doctrine. And to briefly describe it, it would be something like this. He would, he thought that it was God's will that only some were destined to be rich and only some were destined to be poor and others were destined to be middle-class. And it was just all up to God. And you couldn't really do anything about it because God's the one that decides on that. But my friends, that's not true. God doesn't decide these things. God gives you phenomenal potential and he puts the DNA code into you. Okay. You're born into the earth, but if you don't extract and unravel that code and find out what Jesus has purchased and made available for you. Okay. And the call and the path that he has for you. Well, then you could try this, you could try that, you could try this, you could try that, doesn't work, you just, ah, ah, well, whatever. But look, you're going to have to get in there and pray these things out. 
or you could be moving in a totally wrong direction. Because you can only catch it on a spiritual frequency. That's the only frequency you can catch it on. Mm -mm. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at this in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Mm -mm. Now my father was a godly man. And you could go to his desk at his house, and he'd had Bibles stacked everywhere, different versions, and he, you know, notepads and pens, and he loved God's Word. He was in church every time the doors were open, but he had, he had some disappointments that he didn't understand, and he never got them unraveled. He, now thank God he went to heaven, because he loved Jesus, but in his life, some things that God wanted him to get into he did not know how to get into them. So he would get, get advice over here, or maybe get advice from somebody else. Yeah, try this. You try that. So he'd try this and try that. Uh, try farming. So we, you know, one time he tried farming and uh, pimento peppers, grew pimento peppers. By the way, I still love pimento peppers today. Only the red ones. Because <laughs> I ate so many of them. Because we grew them and grew them and grew them, but it just it never worked. It never took off. Then we tried cucumbers. My father tried growing cucumbers, and I, I love pickles today. If you don't know, that's where pickles come from. They come from cucumbers and grew, grow, uh, you know, miles and miles of rows and rows of cucumbers. But the cucumber business never took off. Then try something else. Then he, uh, he heard that uh, the military was uh, paying big money for guard dogs. So then he got into the thing of, uh, of raising Doberman pinchers. And uh, me and my brothers would have to try to take care of all the Dobermans. One time we had 44 of them running around. Can you imagine that? 44 Doberman pinchers running around pinching you everywhere you go. <laughs> I'm just joking. They don't really pinch you. But we had a couple of big ones. And uh, so, uh, some of them were just phenomenal, beautiful dogs. And, you know, uh, then, you know, you mate them. They're having puppies and stuff like that. Uh, but that never panned out. That never panned out either. I don't know. Maybe the government closed their program. I never asked my father what happened. But I don't know. Shuffle the dogs off here and there. You know, give the dogs away. My father kept the best dog for uh, the family. Amen. He stayed with us until he lived his life out. Different story there. It's fun stuff. But, my friends, these things are very interesting. Because my father, though, as much as he loved God and loved the Word, he didn't know how to pray out divine secrets. He didn't know how to get on that frequency and pick this thing up where you remove all guesswork out of your life and you actually know what you're supposed to do. He, he could not tap into that. Amen. The denomination that he was in didn't teach on that. And we are, we are in this environment where we only know what we're taught. And the Holy Spirit can teach, and you, you can have other teachers, but I'll tell you what, blessed is the person that's exposed to good Bible teaching. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is what has fashioned and shaped my life, and also is what keeps me hungry. Amen. Because we're also continuing to learn as we go. Praise the Lord. Now, look at this in Hebrews chapter 4. Let's uh, sink our teeth into this. Let's go to verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Now, I know I'm talking primarily to believers, okay? So, as a believer, you enter into rest. Jesus is your rest, okay? So, you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. As it is said, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Those were the ones who were unbelieving and would not take God at his word. Although, now watch this. Watch this. Although the works were finished from the foundation 
of the world. Please, please, please listen to me very carefully. I don't want you to get into heaven and you finally get to heaven and then you finally discover, oh, this is what I was meant to do while I was on the earth. Wow. Sure wish I'd have known that. <laughs> sure wish I would have known it then. Mm. And if you miss it real bad, you might just get to heaven and say, God, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> I was so far off. I don't even want to know. <laughs> well, I can't face it. God, I can't deal with it. Woo. Mm. Because here's, here's the impact of it. This rest, this plan that God has for you, it was finished. It was finished before the foundations of the world. Are you ready for this? God's tailor-made plan for you was already wrapped up. The blueprint was rolled up, had a beautiful ribbon put on it, and it was waiting for you to the day you were born. And God had this thing on hold for you and ready for you when the earth was being laid out. Wow. Don't you think it's about time you found out what it is? <laughs> Amen. See, in the mind of God, in the mind of God, He has this package for you. It's called this perfect will and plan for your life. It's called the path you're supposed to go in. And don't think for a moment you can get into that without the Holy Spirit. You're kidding yourself. Okay. So, God has this package, this plan for you, and He's got this thing designed before you were ever born. Thousands of years before you were ever born, and once you get saved and you're walking with the Lord, you have to pray out the divine secrets. You have to unravel these divine mysteries. Praise God, because God never, ever created one of these plans with an expectancy that none of it would ever get done. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've, I've seen it. God has shown it to me. I've, I, I've seen it. He would never allow you to see it or begin to step into it without the empowerment to also finish it. And in his mind, when he created it, he saw you finishing it. But you have to play your role and do your part. Mm -hmm. Late at night, about midnight, I was hanging out with my dear friend Wade Taylor. He's in heaven now. Founder of Pinecrest Bible College, a great man of God, very knowledgeable of the scriptures. And he was a living mystic. He, he, he had a deep, he had a very deep life. And his life was fashioned by saints that had the deep walk with the Lord. And so I'm up late at night talking with Wade. He's laying back in his lazy boy recliner, kicking back. Uh, he has no, he never had a TV in his house. And he just wanted to be devoted to the Lord. But, you know, not distracted from so many things. But he said, you know, Stephen, um, he said, I had several major crossroads in my life. He said, one of them is that when I was younger, he said, I was very, very good with electronics. You know, he was trained in the military uh, with electronics. And then after that, after the military, he got into the secular career field and he started uh, a cable uh, company uh, of bringing television through the very early stages of cable, and it was going going quite well. He was making a lot of money, and he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit one evening, and the Holy Spirit revealed to him. He told me this. He said the Holy Spirit revealed to me that this was not God's plan for my life. 
And he said, I've got this business is making all this money. And the Holy Spirit said, would you rather hear when your life is over? Well done. You brought cable television to the tri-state area. Or would you rather hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. So now he was, he loved the Lord when he had that cable company was making that money and all that. That's fine. He loved the Lord, but the Lord was basically revealing to him, you go that route, you're going without me and you go that route. There's no reward associated with that. God can't reward disobedience. So you can go that route. You, you're washed by the blood of Jesus. You're saved, but you go to heaven because of trust and faith in Christ, but that's, you're going the wrong way. And so he laid it down, sold the whole thing and went to Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> what you said was so unusual because he was in Bible college with all this, he had all this money and the Bible college was actually struggling with their entire electrical system. And that's the very thing that he knew how to fix. Cause it was a very old, you know, a very, very old Bible college. Uh, but he would use his own money to buy, uh, parts and, and he would do all these repairs there at the Bible college. <laughs> they loved him. <laughs> Amen. But these things, these things you have to make your decisions upon. He had another crossroad later in his life, he told me, where after Bible college, he was offered a church, the pastor in Philadelphia, a good church, and uh, an existing, pre-existing congregation. He would step in and take over. And the Holy Spirit showed him, if you do that, you're getting out of my will. That's not the ministry I have for you. I've not called you to be a pastor. I've called you into the ministry, but not as a pastor. And if you, you want to take that, that's your choice. And I will bless you as much as I can there, but it is not God's perfect will for you. And you will miss, you will miss what God had preordained and planned for you before, as we see here in scripture, before the foundation of the world. Mm. Did you know that God's plan for your life was finished, finished before the foundation of the world? That's why you can get it done. If you get, if you get it unveiled and you find out what it is and you get on it, you can actually do it. You can do it because in God's eye, in God's eyes, he already sees you doing it and finishing it. Mm -mm. Glory, glory. My friends, if you never explore your prayer potential, you will not see the reality of your life's potential, even though it was finished from the foundation of the world. I want to share a few more insights. Praise God. Praise God. Why do some Christians get stuck in mediocrity and never get into fuller expressions or even the full expression of what God has for them? Because they don't utilize the Holy Spirit as helper, counselor, comforter, strengthener, advocate, and thus they're left to their own self-empowerment. Hmm. But a small investment in the Holy Spirit yields small realization of your potential. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I see you getting on this Holy Spirit frequency. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You know what? This is a place that I love because in that realm, you do eliminate guesswork. And it's not like if you have a dream, you can't tell, well, I had a dream and I remembered. I don't know if it's God or not. Look, 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 if you don't know, just pray, 
Just pray until you do know. And the Holy Spirit will tell you whether it's soulish or if it's from God. First of all, it's from God. Usually you know it. But there's a lot of soulish stuff the enemy can send because he is extremely, extremely active at night. Okay? And so uh, when it's not of the Holy Spirit, when it's not of God, just hit that delete file and just forget it. Even if you wrote it out, just throw it away. Okay? Don't let the enemy fake you out and pull you in a direction that is not from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit told me just before coming to the pulpit today to share with you. That the place of knowing is the place of rivers flowing. Mm. I want to say that again because I want you to understand that revelation, it runs on the potential of what has been revealed to you. Okay, so let me go back to it. The place of knowing, not guessing, but the place of knowing is the place of rivers flowing. What are the rivers flowing? Out of your belly, out of your inner man, okay, the inner man shall flow what? Rivers of what? Living water. So the Holy Spirit flowing out of you with these various rivers Various rivers that touch your marriage, that touch your business, that touch your career, that touch your, your wisdom for your children, that begin to touch these different areas, bringing life. But the place of knowing who to marry, okay, the place of knowing what career path to take, the place of knowing is the place of rivers flowing. And that brings you back to the potential you have of engaging the Holy Spirit, as Paul said, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and picking up on these very clear indicators that are, are again, on a spiritual frequency. Woo! Oh, don't, don't, don't rush prophets, don't rush prophetess, uh, you know, who, who maybe uh, can hear the Lord when they are in their environment, but don't try to catch them off guard, because, you know, prophets confirm but you have the Holy Spirit. The prophetic ministry today is very different from the Old Testament. The status of the prophet is not the same today, because in the Old Testament, the status of the prophet was very high. Why? Because the Israelites did not have what we call the born-again experience. So if you wanted divine guidance, you have to do what? Under the Old Covenant, you got to get to a prophet. Why? They're the ones that had the spiritual connection. Now, it is true that the Holy Spirit could come upon what we would call a lay person in the Old Covenant, but primarily the Holy Spirit, when it came to guidance, you better get to a prophet. Those are the ones that you would go to. But today, today, we still have the prophet's ministry, but today, every believer has the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Something in the Old Covenant that would have, oh, they were always wondering what's coming. We know it's going to be something big. The thought of God living on the inside of a human, they probably would have thought, whoa, that's, that's better than any system we have. Yep, it is. It sure is. Amen. So if you're, not, you're on, stuck on a remote, desert, deserted island, you can't get to a prophet, you don't need to. The Holy Spirit, God himself, can show you what to do whether to stay there and get picked up by a boat, or you better build a raft, or you're going to be here for another 20 years. Mm -mm. Praise God. The Holy Spirit, He is the God of inspiration. He is the God of perfect timing. He is the God of no more guesswork. 
Hmm. The place of knowing is the place of rivers flowing. And I see that the insight and guidance that you need is flowing to you as you do what? Invest in these various ways in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Talk to him. He is a person. He's not a cloud. He's not a vapor. <laughs> yes, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But that doesn't mean you still can't talk to Jesus. That doesn't mean you can't talk to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, it's a mystery. I don't, I don't pretend to understand the Trinity. One God, yet three distinct persons. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that they join the Holy Spirit Investment Club. Hang out with the greatest counselor who's on the earth, not in the parallel universe somewhere. He's on the earth and within the believer and walks at their right side. Father, we thank you that there's still a lot we don't know about the Holy Spirit. But, Father, let us gain more understanding. And let us pray out divine secrets so that we can complete our assignments that were printed out before the world was even framed. Thank you. Father, I speak over your people. They're going to get it done. You're going to get it done. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' great name. Amen and amen. If you're watching today's program, I must let you know with all sincerity that divine guidance begins at salvation. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you call upon him right now, he will save you and your ability to be led by the only true and wise God can begin today. If that's you, pray this prayer right now. Pray it out loud. Pray it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But you died on the cross to save me from my sins. You paid the penalty for my sins. So Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Step into my life today, right now. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer right now. I praise you in your name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. And the Lord has heard that cry of your heart, and he has washed your sins away. You now belong to him. Amen. Start your daily prayer life today. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion together. If you're a Christian, you can take communion with me. Amen. Hallelujah. It's for all believers in Christ. Grab a little piece of bread. I use one of these little wafers. Grab some grape juice or whatever you have available. Praise God. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and set this apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you for union with you through your Son. We give you praise. We thank you for strength. We thank you for awareness of the biblical role and ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise that our helper is helping us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's flesh.
Father, thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that as we're almost at Yom Kippur, we thank you, Father, that Jesus said that we are to forgive our, uh, our debtors. We are to forgive those who have sinned against us. So, Father, we forgive anyone, anybody who has sinned against us. We forgive them. We, re- we bless them, and we just go on with you in joy. We thank you, Father, for the cleansing blood of Jesus. We thank you for the strength and protection that the blood supplies. We thank you for the blood, hedge of protection all around our lives. We give you praise. We thank you that our destinies and callings will be fulfilled. We have a helper. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive the Lord's blood. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, you have work to do. Go to work on that assignment. And keep praying it out because the Lord gives revelations as we go forward. That's why the just shall walk by faith because there's always something else to know. (laughs) Amen. Glory. Pray it out. God will show you the next move. And thank you again for supporting this work and sowing into the Yom Kippur special day uh, of atonement, the special Debt freedom seed, praise God. Amen. And I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.